0: I'm so tired of hearing you moan about money all the time. This isn't about money anymore.
1: What's it about, Jan? Look, let's just all
0: try to... Hold no, you. I wanna know. I wanna know what I gave up my house for, my credit, my life. Well, I for one, I'm sick of listening to you. I lost enough because of you. You wouldn't have anything to lose if it wasn't for me. Everything you have, I got for you. I don't have anything, Jan. What do I have? I, I got, uh, I got a couple of bucks uh, and some some bus transfers. I've got, uh, I got a savings account, from when I was twelve years old. Here, there's thirty-seven dollars in here, with interest. After twenty-five years, it's probably forty-seven dollars. Take it. Add it to add it to the war chest. Use it to fight injustice. Stand up for principles with that. Go down in flames with it. For all I care, only next time. Next time. That's a laugh. Ask us if we want to go down with you.
2: This is Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event. I open up with that scene from a movie called A Civil Action with uh, John Travolta, William H. Macy there, with who you heard their voices. You know what, uh, this whole thing about uh, what's going on in this country is all because Biden's trying to fight injustice. And we didn't get an opportunity to to, uh, voice our opinion, whether we wanted to go down with him. And everything that's everything that's going this whole thing roots to stop the XL pipeline, stop the drilling, keep up the, the regulations and save the planet. Save the planet from uh from the evil evil people living on it, uh polluting it. And uh, you know what if it would be easy to solve, be easy to solve if we just uh opened up our opened up our eyes and Uh, Use a little common sense, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. That uh, song was uh, Electric Electric Light Orchestra ELO. Don't bring me down, hey. Don't bring us down with you, but you're doing it. So anyway, I got a lot to I got a lot to say about everything that's going on. Um, But before I do, let me introduce myself to those of you that don't know who I am. My name's Ed Hoffman, Branch Manager, plant Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and there are some opportunities out there uh, if you need financing call me toll free at 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 one last time dear night toll free area code 855-640-2020 if you don't want to talk about talk to me on the phone cuz it's so personal uh, but you do want or you just or you're just too too modern for that you know telephone is just so it's 20th century uh, you want to do it on the computer go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Planet Home Lending logo. That'll take you to my lending page. You can put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from uh, myself or one of my talented teammates. who will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether that's to uh, purchase a property you'd like to own, whether that's to refinance a piece of property that you already own, or whether it's to uh, check out one of those Reverse mortgage things if you're over 62 or your spouse is over 62 and you have some equity and you feel like you have have more life left in you than you have money. And especially with with the unsurety of what's going on in the uh, in the country and in the world financially. Um if you if you are a if you are a senior with with equity in your house um and you haven't checked out the benefits of a reverse mortgage, you need to call me 855-640-2020 uh or at plan a home landing logo click 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 and we'll get you uh, all the information you need um, everybody knows interest rates have gone up significantly in the last 6 months um, and the interest rates even though even though the values are so high on our houses the the interest rates going up in if for for reverse mortgages the the lower the interest rate the more money you get because how your loan will, will amortize how it will accrue interest over the years is slower than if it's a, uh, than if it's a higher rate. Uh, if So it's the lower the rate. So, so you're going to get less money as opposed to uh, six months ago when the rates rates were lower, but you've got so much equity right now that that may, may overcome it. And I think there's so much danger in the, in the, in the, an unsurety in the future it's a great thing to look into if you have the equity to do it. Um, if you hear something on the show you want repeated, stay on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page, and you can hear this show as well several past shows. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, where uh, you can subscribe for free and have it automatically download to your, your phone or your computer or your device um, to uh, to download. We I record Friday mornings. And it upload and it uh up we upload it on friday afternoons and shortly thereafter it'll download to your device so if the uh, times on the radio don't match, you can always hear it or if you've got a schedule scheduling problem and you don't get a chance to hear it, you can hear it whenever it's convenient. um if you have comments on the show uh send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net, ed dot net e d at edhoffman.net. dot net and uh i see all see all those um i'm recording friday morning and we just heard about uh roe versus wade being overturned um we're going to cover this next week in more details because i'm sure the story is gonna gonna go on and on as protests and and crazy democrats try to change this into something it's not um in that they didn't outlaw um, they didn't outlaw abortions. They just said, "Hey, this is a state state issue. It's not constitutionally guaranteed, and it's it's up to whatever state you're in." And my initial thoughts, and I won't go into this very deeply, but my initial thoughts, I think about when California changed the uh, the laws to make uh, if you steal less than nine hundred fifty dollars that it's just a misdemeanor, in, and and uh, it seems like it's just an infraction now. Uh, you get caught stealing. They uh, they write you up and send you on your way. You don't you don't spend any time in jail, and they don't actually they don't actually enforce it. So it took it took several months, maybe a year or two, before the criminals started figuring out. Hey, just carry a little calculator with you, or pre or premeditate what you're going to steal, and uh, before they start figuring out. Hey, this law is cool because we don't get we don't get in trouble if we just don't steal too much. So there's going to be a cause and effect with this law. Maybe, maybe this changes the way of of the way kids are thinking about. Uh, you know, they say that um, ab- abortion should be a decision between uh, between a mo- the mother and the doctor. Well, it really shouldn't be a, a decision between the mother and doctor. It should be a decision between the mother and the father, and the and uh, to have kids and maybe if it's not legal and convenient uh in 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 various states that maybe kids will start thinking about hey before i before i go to bed with this guy or before i go to bed with this woman what are the implications what happens if she, if we create a create a child and maybe there's not just an easy eh, worst case worst case i pay a couple hundred bucks and uh get an abortion or i pay or i or i don't even have to pay a couple hundred bucks we just go down and get a free abortion Maybe they stop using it as contraception as contraception. Well, you know what? I didn't take the pill and I don't have a, a rubber. I don't have a, it's you nowhere. We're going to, we're going to have to abstain. Maybe there's, maybe this is the start of changing the way kids think and adults. So anyway, that's uh that's my initial reaction. And, uh, and, you know, one more good thing that, that Trump did for this country. Well, you know, this is a Trumpian court now. He was in there and he got three new three new uh, conservative judges. Well, I think the the thing went six to three. So even if uh, Garland got in there, uh, there still would be two and it would still have been a five to four. So either way, either way, uh, you know, the the court, the court made the right decision. And this isn't about women's rights. This is about the Constitution. It's about uh, the laws and which is what the Supreme Court's there for. I'm sure there's going to be. there's going to be uh, more murders over this um the the pro choice people will you know in uh what's that um, Jane's revenge out there they're going to they're going to go light some buildings on fire that are uh that are uh uh pro pro life people that pregnancy counseling people and they're going to and someone's going to get killed and i'm sure it's going to get crazy and it's probably going to start tonight friday night Um, but, uh, we'll see about that. And next week we'll talk about it. So anyway, let's go on to, to what, uh, what I had planned to talk about before this uh, monumental, uh, uh, court decision was coming on. So, uh, the Biden administration has a new fall guy, uh, for the uh, inflation issues. And, uh, maybe we should say a new fall gal. Her name is Janet Yellen. Secretary of the treasury has been on a nonstop PR tour for For the administration since last month, and it continued this week when she went on all the Sunday shows. And of course, if you want to send someone on a PR tour, you're supposed to send someone that can actually talk, someone that can actually think, and someone who's eloquent and makes a good impression. Janet Yellen is not that person. On ABC this week with George Stephanopoulos, it was immediately clear Yellen didn't learn her lesson from the inflationist transitory flub a few weeks ago. Here she is denying the probability of a recession.
3: Well, I expect the economy to slow. Uh, It's been growing at a very rapid rate as the economy, as the labor market has recovered and we have reached full employment. It's natural now that we expect a transition to steady and stable growth. But I don't think a recession is at at all inevitable. Chair Powell has said that his goal is to bring inflation down while maintaining a strong labor market um, that's going to take skill and luck, but um, I believe it's possible i don't think a recession is inevitable
2: yeah, it's possible. could happen. The monkeys might blad on my butt so uh uh so the, the she you know this is this is not you know when they have Janet Yellen. Uh, interviewed, you expect you're having an ex- expert testimony. You're having an expert tell you tell you what they think. This is an expert in in uh, in economics. This isn't the case. No, talking about the uh, talking about this. She's just spouting off Biden administration talking points. You no, know, it's growing fast. You know the economy's grown has has had such fast growth. It really hasn't had fast growth. All they did is is take off the COVID restrictions so people went back to work. The jobs they went back to were jobs that Trump created. Um or Trump. Trump created the environment so the private sector could could create them. Uh Biden doesn't get get um credit for that. And you know, uh, Chairman Powell, Jerome Powell's goal is to bring inflation down while maintaining a strong labor force, a strong labor market. Well, that's everybody's goal. Hey, we want to keep we want to keep everybody working we want to keep the interest rates down we want to keep the uh we want to keep everybody everybody working everything we want everything to be perfect we want gas prices at 50 cents a gallon and we want uh everybody's uh, salary to get 100 dollars an hour that's not reality but that's everybody's goal and of course it's going to take uh uh that's going to take some it's going to take skill and luck well if the, if Jerome Powell wasn't beholden to uh Biden administration, just like, just like uh, uh, Janet Yellen, you know, the skill would have been to see that inflation was starting last year and start making slow methodical uh, increases in the, in the uh, fed funds rate to, to counter all that stuff. So it didn't get out of hand like it did. And they're so far behind the curve that, um, they're going to create a recession really fast. It's going to create a recession really fast and they don't have the interest rates high enough to actually have room to reduce them to, uh, to slow down a recession. And of course we'll know uh, the end of the end of uh, June is next week. That's the end of the second quarter. Sometime thereafter we'll find out what the GDP was for quarter number two. And I'm sure it's going to be negative. Like it was in quarter number one, which says we're in a recession right now. So next Yellen repeated the administration 's pattern of pretending like they can see directly in the private bank accounts of Americans
3: well I think consumer spending remains very strong although patterns of spending um, are changing and higher food and energy prices are um, certainly affecting consumers and making them uh, change their patterns of spending but um, Bank balances are high. Uh, It's clear that most consumers, even uh, lower-income households, uh, continue to have buffer stocks of savings that um, will enable them to maintain spending. So I don't see um, a drop-off in consumer spending as a likely cause of a recession in the months ahead.
2: Really? Really? So even the low income people have buffer stocks of savings. Not sure what exactly that means. Buffer stocks. Um, they all have an emergency fund set up. I don't think so. I don't think so. So you, you hear in the news people talking about how, uh, how families are, are saying, Hey, we're, we're cutting down to two meals a day, two meals a day instead of three so we can afford the gas to get to work. And, uh, although at my stage in life, two meals is usually enough um especially up there big ones uh this is just not how how normal people hey you get up you eat you you work half a day you eat and then uh at night family gets home and you eat again so uh, uh so people are doing that so if they've got buffer stocks of savings why are they skipping a meal why are people saying that hey i don't have i can't afford to to drive to work cuz by the time i drive to work by the time I take home my take-home pay, doesn't cover the cost of the daycare and the and the the gasoline and 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 I'm losing money. It's just it's just amazing to me that they they can see into people's bank accounts and they see that everyone's got a buffer stock of savings. So I'm I'm going to have to call BS on this. She also took a look. She also took a look over their approach to the cause of inflation by blaming global conflicts rather than Biden's policies.
3: Um, Part of the reason is uh, Russia's war on Ukraine, his boosted energy and food prices, supply chain uh, snarls, um, partly resulting from lockdowns in China, are also boosting inflation. And so um, these, these factors are unlikely to diminish immediately.
2: Yeah, and of course, there is a solution to all that. If this was the case, if the uh, the war in Ukraine and if China lockdowns, if all this stuff was was the problem, there's a solution, and it's called America First. And we start producing our own products, and we start using our own products before we ship them out, out into another country, and we take care of us first. And you reduce regulations so companies don't go out of the country to – uh Uh, To produce things just because it's not because, uh, you know, iPhones are made in in China and they're not made in China because the Chinese are smarter or more skilled. It's because the regulations are much lower and the cost is much lower and it's all environmental stuff. So uh, it's there's a there's a simple common sense solution for all this stuff. But unfortunately, we don't have anybody who's smart enough to figure it out. Yellen's Biden-approved spin is a big contradiction to what Fed Chair Jerome Powell
0: told the Senate Banking Committee on Wednesday. Given how inflation has escalated over the past 18 months, would you say that the war in Ukraine is the primary driver of inflation in America? No, inflation was high before, certainly before the uh, war in Ukraine broke up. You're kidding me. Biden's been
2: lying to us? Oh, my God, this isn't this isn't uh, Putin's uh, Putin's uh, uh, inflation. It's not Putin's inflation of the gas prices. Jerome Powell probably get fired next week. And finally, Secretary Yellen slipped in slipped in a plug for Democrats larger policy agenda.
3: Um, If Congress um, will work with him uh, to. Uh, enact some of the administration's programs, we can bring down other costs that are burdening households like prescription drugs, health care costs, increase the supply of affordable housing. We clearly have a housing problem in the United States, um, and we need to address it by building more affordable housing.
2: This is such BS, such BS. Janet Yellen used to be the Fed chairman. Now she's secretary of the treasury, and she's out being a politician. Prescription drugs and healthcare—if you remember—about five or six weeks ago, uh, we played a clip, and I think it was Kamala Harris or Hillary Clinton saying that, "Hey, we got to get back to our to our our base, our base narrative that we say about bringing other costs down: prescription drugs, healthcare, housing, all this stuff." And uh, and of course, you know what? If you're if you, you aren't taking prescription drugs or if you're uh don't have health problems uh this doesn't affect you but the gas but the gas does but that's just diversion to divert you away from from realizing that uh the democrat the democrat leadership uh got their heads up their butts so uh the next the next step in the in the in the uh smoke screen of of uh trying to make uh biden look like he gives a crap Uh, This week, Joe Biden called on Congress to suspend the 18 cents per gallon federal gas tax, a measure that's being called doomed with no chance of passage, since Republicans and Democrats alike have criticized it. In fact, Democrats have vocally opposed the idea of gas tax holiday for a long time. In 2008, Barack Obama called it a gimmick. And just three months ago, Nancy Pelosi called it showbiz.
4: I know that we're having a debate right now about the gas tax holiday. I know how brutal this is on folks right now, but for us to suggest that 30 cents a day for three months is real relief, that that's a real energy policy, means that we are not tackling the problem that has to be tackled. We are offering gimmicks.
3: There's money coming out of the Highway Trust Fund. It's going to the oil companies They're, they may not give it to the consumer and it has to be paid for so we're paying for something to give a break to the oil companies that isn't even going to the consumer so that's the con the pro is very showbiz
2: so to uh give you clarity so when obama said 30 cents a day so i figured hey the gas tax is 18.3 cents a day If you live 15 miles, 15 miles from your, from your uh, employer, then you're driving 15 miles each way. And I'm just looking, my, I just uh, got a new truck when I was up in Montana and it tells me what my gas mileage is. And it says in my, in my new truck, I get 14 miles to the gallon. I think it was at 14.1 yesterday, but then I guess I drove too fast and I went back down to 14. So uh, so 14, 14 miles to the gallon, that's a, that's a gallon a day. If you live that far from your uh, job, if you're, driving a, if you're driving a more economical car, it's less. So at two, if, you're, if you're spending two gallons a day, that's 36.6 cents per day. We'll just round it to 37 and give them the benefit of the doubt. That doesn't mean anything. And of course, what Nancy Pelosi is talking about is that gas tax is they charge 18.3 cents to the to the oil companies. So the oil companies put that into the price of the gas, and then they then for every gallon they sell, they sell, they sell, uh they send 18.3 cents per gallon to the to the highway trust fund. And that's to support fixing highways and taking care of highways. And of course, so what they're what Nancy Pelosi is saying is that we're gonna if we were going to give that benefit to the gas, we're going to say, hey, the gas, the oil companies don't have to pay us that. So we're, there's no guarantee they're going to to reduce the, reduce the price of gas. The problem is the price of gas is going up every single day. So we wouldn't even notice it. You wouldn't notice, just like you didn't notice when when uh, Biden released 25% of our strategic oil reserves. Uh, well, that's we reduced all these millions of barrels of oil, and we didn't even notice it. Didn't notice it because the price of gas is going up so fast. Well, that probably will lower the price of gas by 10 cents a gallon. Um, but the price of gas is still keeps going up because of supply and demand. It's a basic, it's a basic uh, you know, economics 101. When supply is when supply is low and demand is high, the prices go up. When supply is high and demand is low, the prices come down. It's a simple economics 101. You could learn that in your in your uh, in your high school math class uh, in junior high school in the 60s. So anyway, I'm going to go into into more of this gas tax holiday and a whole bunch more. But I'm out of time for part one of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials and sports. And I'll be right back with lots more. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM 590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt or you don't have money to pay your tax bill or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before, work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID
5: 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID one seven zero two two. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act.
0: AM 590, the answer.
3: Don't
0: bring me down. Don't bring me down.
2: And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, branch manager, Planet home lending. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the, on my show every week, but I could probably make a two hour show every week and talk about it. Um, But if you're, uh, if you're thinking that uh, you might be in the market uh, and you, or you want to check out, if there's any options, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Planet home logo. Uh, whether that 's uh refinancing a piece of property you own or purchasing a property you 'd like to own or whether it 's looking into one of those reverse mortgage things that I think are uh growing and growing in uh in in popularity because people are seeing unsurety in their you know and and you think about it if if you 're in your retirement years or you 're in your years that you should be retired but you 're not yet um then it's kind of scary to see what's going on in this country. Seeing the gas prices go up, the price of everything going up, seeing the interest rates go up. Um, And we got two and a half years left with with Biden in the White House. How much, you know, you saw what he did in a year year and a half. What more can he do in, in two and a half more years? And of course, if we get rid of him, we have Kamala Harris and that's probably worse. And if we get rid of him and her, Then we got Nancy Pelosi. Hopefully after the midterms, we have uh, somebody uh, somebody else as a speaker of the house and uh, not being a huge Kevin McCarthy fan. um, I don't necessarily hope it's him, but probably will likely be him. Um, So anyway, so uh, if you're if you're if you're uh, curious about what you could do or maybe you want to get out of the 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 communist uh, state of of uh, California. Um, which will be the destination for abortions here. Um, the destination. So maybe that'll heat up the tourist stuff while uh while people come in here to get abortions. Well, I'm here, I might as well go to Disneyland. So uh if you're if you're interested in an out of state, uh, I'm licensed in 24 states, so wherever you're going, I'm probably licensed. Um so call me toll free at 855-640-2020 or planet home uh planet home landing logo on net. So before the, uh, before the break, we were talking about the 18.3% gas tax holiday that Biden is, uh, is pushing to make it look like he gives a crap about the common man. Uh, Biden met, made his pitch at the White House speech on Wednesday. He started out with something for low-information voters answering the question, so what is the gas tax?
1: Every time you go to the gas station to fill your tank the federal government charges an $0.18 tax per gallon of gas that you purchase and a $0.24 tax per gallon of diesel you purchase. It's a tax that's been around for 90 years. By suspending the $0.18 gas tax, federal gas tax, for the next 90 days, we can bring down the price of gas and give families just a little bit of relief.
2: Yeah, next, uh, Biden took aim at the oil companies and Republicans in the same breath.
1: I call on the companies to pass this along every penny of this 18 cents reduction to the consumers. This is there's no time now for profiteering. And Republicans falsely claim that I'm blocking production on federal lands. But again, that's nonsense. Industry has more approved permits for production on federal lands than they can possibly use. That's a fact.
2: Yeah, that may be a fact the approved permits and leases that are out there uh if they don't have if they don't have oil in the ground there's no use in them producing them so and they and he stopped all the federal leases on on the lands where they actually have oil in the in the ground so hey we approved this we approved this we approved this they drilled them they drilled them there's no oil there so they don't so so they don't uh they don't drill them anymore they're not pumping oil out of them because there's no oil there they have to they have to find the oil under the ground and those weren't them. Plus, the environmental laws are keeping them from building refineries. And we need more refineries so we can produce gas faster out of the oil that we buy. Um, but it's all the regulations. And remember what Trump was doing. Hey, reduce the taxes for for uh, for corporations so that um, it makes sense for them to have jobs here instead of in Mexico or China or any other country. And reduce the regulations because it's too hard. This is why uh, Tesla moved from, uh, from uh, Northern California to Texas, because the regulations are so high. Regulations are so high, the environmental stuff and employment stuff and all that stuff that businesses can't operate at a profit without jacking their prices way up. So this is common sense. If you, if you may have plus, you know, the minimum wage in California is 15 bucks. So, you know, there's a lot of companies that, that can't afford to hire high school kids for 15 bucks an hour to flip a hamburger or go collect a uh, uh, grocery carts in the in the parking lot um while they're vaping their their marijuana vape and uh and it just doesn't make any sense and you you put it in a situation where we're having problems economically here because of dumb decisions that our government does so uh fresh off that fresh off that messaging meeting in the, on the economy last week Biden then carefully pivoted to pointing out pointing the finger at its favorite boogeyman, Vladimir Putin. For a good measure, he, he demonized mom and pop gas stations at the same time.
1: I said at the time, siding with Ukraine during the most serious aggression in Europe since World War II, defending freedom was not going to go without cost for the American people and the rest of the free world. We were going to have to pay a price as well in the cost of military equipment, economic assistance, humanitarian relief, and sanctioned Russian banking industries. Russia is also the largest or one of the largest oil producers in the world. We cut off Russian oil into the United States, knowing that we would see higher gas prices. We could have turned a blind eye to Putin's murderous ways. And the price of gas wouldn't have spiked the way it has. I believe that would have been wrong to the companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump. This is a time of war, global peril, Ukraine. These are not normal times. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. Do it now. Do it today.
2: Hey, you know why that we know that's BS? Cause the free market always works. The free market always works. If if you price something too high, people won't buy it. And if the, uh, if, if you raise the price of oil and you raise the price of employees and you pay employees to, to stay home. And so you can't even get employees unless you even go beyond that. You got people working at gas stations that, that stand there and ring, ring the register and, and uh, collect people's uh, gas thing. And uh, you know, I worked at a AMP a mini market when I was uh going to college for a few months and I didn't make 15 bucks an hour and, uh and didn't, and you know, and it was just minimum wage, but it was gas money. Um, When you do all that stuff, the price has to go up because people that own these, own these, uh, these gas stations, they have to eat as well. So, you know, these are, these are not normal times. We're at war. Then start drilling in America. Yeah. Maybe it was the right thing to do to cut off the Russian, Russian oil, but it wasn't the right thing to do to cut off American oil. You destroyed jobs and you, and you, you created a, a, uh, a shortage of demand, and that made the – hey, when the demand is – or a shortage of, uh, of supply. So when the demand is high, as it always is in America because we drive cars and the supply is low, prices go up. Again, uh, junior high school math. Um, Biden wrapped up his speech with more shaming for Republicans, and how dare they expect him to take any responsibility –
1: for this crisis so for all those republicans in congress criticizing me today for high gas prices in america are you now saying we were wrong to support ukraine are you saying we were wrong to stand up to putin are you saying that we would rather have lower gas prices in america and putin's iron fist in europe i don't believe that
2: yeah you don't believe it because and maybe that's not what they're saying they're saying hey we'd rather have lower gas prices and we'd rather have our oil companies here in america drilling for our oil america first let's take care of america first let's uh let's clear up things with the ba- with the baby formula instead of trying to get uh baby formula from other countries let's uh have our own our own country uh, uh produce this oil so we have our own oil let it, let the rest of the world uh go go short let's take care of us first he's just diverting he's diverting everybody's attention to something else like it wasn't his fault. It was. Absolutely. No Hey, Trump's Trump did this. Let's turn it off. And of course, we all see those little stickers at the on the on the gas pumps. I did that. I did this. I did that in pointing to the prices of the of the gas. So let's go on. Uh, new details are coming out about last month's uh, school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. And with a hearing this week in which the State Department of Public Safety Director lambasted the commanding officer who was on the scene that day. These, re- these revelations and updated timeline uh, of events come from officers' body cameras and surveillance videos. So within the first three minutes of the attack, there were at least nine officers in the hallway. But they were ordered to stand down by the school district police chief, Pete Arredondo. As of Wednesday afternoon, he was put on administrative leave. Good thing. Let's just point, point our fingers at the cops. Uh, that, that's always worked so far. The same officers searched for a master key to open the classroom classroom door, but it turned out the doors were never locked. As they can't be locked from the inside, the officers never attempted to unlock it. Uh, in total, it was one hour and 14 minutes from the time the officers arrived on the scene to when they breached the classroom door to stand off with gunman Salvador Ramos. Here's a report from Fox's Garrett Tenney with testimony from the Department of Public Safety Director, Steve McGraw. One hour, 14 minutes and eight seconds. That's how long the children
4: waited and the teachers waited in rooms 111 to be rescued. And while they waited, the on-seat commander, who decided to place the lives of officers before the lives of children, waited for radio and rifles. Then he waited for shields. Then he waited for SWAT. Lastly, he waited for a key that was never needed.
2: Yeah, well, you know, that's... uh that's one side of the story that's one side of the story and maybe they should have gone in maybe they should have gone in but you know there's there's all kinds of other factors that uh, you know cops want to go home alive too and did anybody ask anybody that lived through this uh, when uh, ramos went into the into the classroom did he just start shooting it he went in bam bam bam, bam 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 and killed all these kids and killed the teacher or did he hang out and talk to them first Hey, I'm here today. I'm having a bad day. I'm going to shoot you guys all up and went on for three minutes. So if the cops were able to get in there sooner, would it have saved anybody? I mean, I know I agree. They should have gone in, but there's a whole bunch more to this, but the failures go back even further as interviews have revealed that there were plenty of red flags about Ramos uh, fears about the 18 year old loner's troubling behavior came up several times during interviews. McGraw said in the hearing, We had one teacher who said she always was worried about him. He was the one student who scared her most, but it didn't get reported. We have yet to identify even one report to the school or law enforcement that discussed animal cruelty, as we know that he carried around a bag of of dead cats with him, and it was known to his family and others that he liked to kill cats. Uh, They never reported that to law enforcement or to the school. Here's more from the report.
0: At least eight months before the attack, investigators say the 18-year-old was, quote, moving toward a pathway to violence and had taken on the demeanor of a school shooter.
4: A morose, suicidal, fatalistic uh, loner who had sympathies with the uh, and been been called a school shooter. Could we have intervened? If we'd have known, could we have done something? And the answer is almost overwhelmingly yes.
2: Yeah, so uh, the media, the media is putting this all on the cop, all on the police. Uh, so we, you know, we'll, we'll see defund the police, uh, a bunch of, it'll lead to riots, uh, killing, killing is, uh, killing, you know, this is, this is not, you know, cop killing. It's not fair at all to the cops to put this on them. Let's, let's talk about all the other, all the other things. Um, Could we put it on, on the parents? Hey, the parents were screw ups. The parents were screw ups. They're drug 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 addicts. So he lived with them. He lived with them. They're drug addicts and drug addicts. You know, screw up. Screw up. Parents create screw up kids. And of course, their parents, uh, the grandfather, was a felon. So he wasn't allowed to have guns in his house. Uh, so he didn't know about the guns when when uh, when Ramos brought him in. He didn't know because he's not allowed to have that. So maybe maybe we should bl- blame blame. Hey, why don't we just make a law that says if you're a screw up, if you're a drug addict, if you're a felon, we we sterilize you. So you can't so you can't uh reproduce. Is that the answer here? No, we're just gonna we're just gonna blame it on the cops. We're gonna send them home. How about the uh how about the outside door? The outside door was supposed to be locked, but one of the teachers ran out to get her uh ran out to get her cell phone and she propped it open so she could get back in. And then when she came back in she left it propped open which is how how Ramos got in the building too originally is she at fault as much as anybody. Uh, how about the, uh, the students, the students who uh, were on uh, Instagram and said, this guy could, could sounds like he's a school shooter. He's going to be a school shooter. They never reported anything. There's all kinds of, there's all kinds of, uh, of people that we could blame this on. So why are we making such a big deal and blaming it on the cops? there's a whole bunch of red flags when people see something and they don't say anything. You know, I, I, uh, we talk about, uh, I, I'm part of a Christian men's group and we talk about talk about, uh, uh, how we should act as men, as Christian men, and we should be warriors warriors for what's right. And, uh, and I, and I always say, Hey, you know what I believe when I get up to the, to the pearly gates, I have to answer for all the things I've done. In addition, I have to answer for all the things I should have done. And I didn't. The things I should have said that I didn't, the 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 not just the things I said to people, but the things I should have said when and I just and I held back because being a coward or you're worried about what people think. I think everybody should answer for that, and we don't have to wait till we get up to heaven to do it. Um, people see something, they should say something. And uh, I know I always do, because I am. T- I know everybody's entitled to their opinion and I believe everybody's entitled to mine, so hence the main event exists. So let's go on, let's go on to January 6th. Um, the January 6th commission, as we all know, the committee has been holding hearings for the past three weeks, and we've managed to avoid covering it on purpose for a while. Uh, maybe it's time to be, to uh, find out what's been said by these hearings, which this week were presided over by committee member Adam Schiff. Steaming stack of sack of ship. So anyway, hey, let me just say before we go into this, let's remember where we were on January 6. Let's not let's not think about all the all the crowd of uh, of uh, Trump supporters that went out there to peacefully and and uh, patriotically uh, make their voices heard. And then the Antifa guys got in there and, and made it made everybody look bad because they were wearing MAGA hats. Let's not think about all the people that were murdered. Uh, that they talk about all the people that died that day. There are four people that died that day and three of them were from natural causes. And the other one, the other one uh, uh, was murdered by the Capitol police. And, and that was, uh, that was Ashley Babbitt um, from San Diego. And uh, you know, they, they tried to make us think that one guy that had a heart attack uh, one of the Capitol policemen had a heart attack. They tried to tell everybody that, that, uh, that the protesters beat him with a, with a fire extinguisher. And that was, and of course, of course, they, they corrected that, you know, they make a big front page story that the protesters, the protesters uh, uh, killed this Capitol police officer by beating him with a fire extinguisher. Then uh, a week or two or a month later, they, Oh, here's a correction. We'll put it on page 17 at the bottom of the page. And no one, no one hears about it. So let's, let's start out by remembering January 6th. Gas was $1.93 a gallon. We didn't have any inflation. Supply chain was functioning well. The economy was the strongest in 50 years. The border was controlled and secure. The Taliban wasn't armed with U.S. artillery. Plenty of workers to fulfill labor needs. Stock market was at record highs. 401ks had record high values and interest rates were at record lows. Let's remember January 6th in that fond fashion. You know, the result of that of that mean monster trump with all those mean tweets but that's where we were so one allegation from the committee meeting though was uh is that in the weeks following the election day team trump attempted to assemble fake electors to cast and submit votes in states where trump lost arizona georgia michigan pennsylvania new mexico nevada and wisconsin to present the case that this happened the committee played a video of interviews with people who knew about the plan or were asked to participate, some of whom felt it was illegal and walked away. So there are a lot of people in this first clip. So Casey Lucier is the investigative counsel for the committee, and he narrates the video. Then we hear the committee lawyers interviewing Cassidy Hutchison, who's an aide to the White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, Ronna Romney McDaniel, Daniel uh, from the uh, the RNC, also uh, Mitt Romney's niece, uh, Justin Clark, a Trump campaign lawyer, and Robert Sinners, Trump campaign election day operations director, who was asked to coordinate the fake elections in Georgia.
4: The select committee received testimony that those close to President Trump began planning to organize fake electors for Trump in states that Biden won in the weeks after the election.
0: Who do you remember being involved in those early
2: discussions around the Thanksgiving time um, regarding having alternate
0: electors meet?
1: Mr. Giuliani. Several Mr.
4: Giuliani's associates, Mr. Meadows. At the president's direct request, the RNC assisted the campaign in coordinating this effort.
0: What did the president say when he called you?
4: The importance of the RNC helping the campaign gather these contingent electors in case any of the legal challenges um, that were ongoing changed the result of any of the states. As President Trump and his supporters continued to lose lawsuits, some campaign lawyers became convinced that convening electors in states that Trump lost was no longer appropriate.
1: I just
5: remember I either either replied or called somebody saying, unless we have litigation pending that's like in these states, like I don't think this is appropriate or, you know, this isn't the right thing to do.
4: The select committee interviewed several of the individual fake electors, as well as Trump campaign staff who helped organize the effort.
2: We were just, you know, kind of kind of useful idiots or robes at that point.
4: Ultimately, fake electors did meet on December 14th, 2020 in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New Mexico, Nevada, and Wisconsin. At the request of the Trump campaign, the electors from these battleground states signed documents falsely asserting that they were the, quote, duly elected electors from their state and submitted them to the National Archives and to Vice President Pence in his capacity as president of the Senate.
2: Yeah, well, another claim the committee made this week was a Fulton County, Georgia video that shows suitcases. About so, let me just let me just say about that last that last video. Um, one of the one of the powerful things about our justice our justice system is cross examination. So this whole committee has no cross examination. So uh, so this is just a, this is just a show. No one's uh, asking these people, hey, well, if you did this. What how does this make sense? How could this have happened? How could fake electors have got in? You know, you've got X amount of electors that are appointed um by the by the uh by the parties and by the at the by the state, and there's been no history of of electors going against the very little history of of electors going rogue and voting against the the popular the popular uh, vote in the in each state. So how How feasible is this anyway? So, you know, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. So another claim the committee made was uh, the Georgia video that shows a suitcase of ballots being put under the table. Georgia elections official Gabriel Sterling testified that poll workers were putting ballots away for the night because uh, because they were first told to go home. Then they pulled them back out after being told to stay and continue counting.
5: What it actually showed was Fulton County election workers engaging in normal ballot processing. One of the things that was very frustrating was the so-called suitcases of ballots from under the table. If you watch the entirety of the video, you saw that these were election workers who were under the impression they were going to get to go home around 10, 1030. People are putting on their coats. They're putting ballots that are prepared to be scanned into ballot carriers that are then sealed with tamper-proof seals so that they can, you know, they're not messed with. You can see the election monitors in the corner with the press as they're taking these ballot carriers and putting them under the, under the table. You see it there. We were told that it looked like they were shutting down the Fulton County counting. The sec- secretary expressed some displeasure at that. Cause we wanted to have ke- everybody keep counting. So we could get to the results and know what was, was happening. So our elections director called their elections director at the state farm arena and said, what the heck are you doing? Go ahead and stay.
2: Yeah. What, what is normal, normal ballot processing where You have a presidential election and they get to go home at 10 or 1030. That's B.S. Well, you know, it's just normal. They thought we're going to close it down at 10 or 1030. When does that ever happen? Another claim uh, that came out of Georgia, no dead people voted, maybe four dead people, but not 4,000.
5: So, Secretary, did your office investigate whether those allegations were accurate? Did 5,000 dead people uh, in Georgia vote?
1: Uh, no, it's not accurate. And actually in their lawsuits, they allege 10,315 dead people. Uh, we found two dead people when I wrote my letter to Congress that dated January 6th. And subsequent to that, we found two more. That's one, two, three, four people, not 4,000, but just a total of four, not 10,000, not 5,000.
2: Yeah, that's BS too, because you know that when people die, the, the they're not taken off the voting the voting rolls. And the ballots go out, especially in all male vote, all male ballots. And they sent out multiple ballots for people that went to multiple addresses. So if you were lived at this apartment and then this apartment, and this apartment, then you bought a house, then you got a you got a ballot every time you registered. And you know that families get get a ballot for someone who doesn't live there anymore, and they vote them. Maybe not everybody, but it happens all the time. So to say for the whole state, there's only there's only four dead people that voted. I'm going to call BS on that just because it's, uh, it's just not logical statistically because you know people do this. Everybody knows people do it, and you know there's a certain amount of that that's going to happen every time. So anyway, uh, that's, uh, that was the January 6th committee, and I'm sure there's going to be more and more and more, and we'll talk about it. But I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. So uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I will be back again with you next week. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590 to answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020.